In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Indeed it is. In the Lab time, my name is Drew Doherty, and that's John Harris. And John, another big game. Another week, another big game. This three-game stretch Mm -hmm. that went Ravens, Colts, and Patriots is now in the final chapter. Although there's still five more games to go. Patriots are coming up. However, here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to have cream of the crop from the Colts game, which seems like an eternity ago because it was Thursday. Wow, yeah. And then after that, we're going to have two reasons this time it'll be different versus the Patriots. But we start with the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Can my answer be the same to both questions? (laughs) Sort of. No, it cannot. It cannot. Because, dang it, you just took mine. But anyways. No, go ahead. I'll let you have that one. I think cream of the crop, I'm going to give you one. Okay. It's going to sound a little weird. Nope. Maybe a little strange. This is a little weird, little strange podcast, so it's perfect. Zach Cunningham. 16 tackles, Zach Cunningham. Yeah. And I know people would, wait a second, run defense, gave up 175 yards. I understand that. I, I get that. They got, I don't know, more than half. 60% 60% maybe, about 60% of their yards, rushing yards, on two drives. Mm-hmm. That was it. And they sandwiched their 17 points in three drives. Touchdown, field goal, and then touchdown. And it was all – and, and that's, that's what they did against us in the regular season game last year here. Yeah. The one that ended the nine-game winning streak. They were punt, 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 and then all of a sudden it went touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown. I was like, whoa. 24 points just like that. Well, they did that the other night, but they only got to 17. In the second half, after that drive, they made it 17-10. The Texas defense went back out after not a long drive by the offense. Deshaun hits Fuller deep, and it's a a two-and-a-half-minute drive. And I remember when he hit Fuller deep, I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, my God, the defense has got to go back out there. Mm -hmm. When the defense went back out there, I want to say they went three and out, and it was maybe the best drive they'd had all day. But Zach was instrumental in that. 16 tackles, tackled anything and everything that moved. He's been a leading tackler for this team. I just don't think he he was the player of the game. And I just felt like he was absolutely brilliant. He's also perfected the tackle where he just sort of shoves a guy down, like he like throws him down. It's amazing. It it shouldn't work at this level, you know, because the guys are so big, strong, yeah. and fast. Yet it does because he's bigger, stronger, and faster than these guys. But yeah. he just... It's like he just tosses him down like a rag doll half the time. But I don't know how he does it. He's not the biggest linebacker. I mean, BMAC's got him by mm-hmm. 15 pounds at, at a minimum. Yet, he's so quick and fast. And I watched him on one, one play in particular where he was the backside linebacker, I believe. So, the plays run away from him. Mm-hmm. And he ran through the backside and ran down Jonathan Williams, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Just ran him down. And I thought, th- what he's able he to do. He almost looks like he's playing in a different gear at times. Well, he's so different from any linebacker that Texans have had in that position. When you think about the linebackers that played inside, the main ones you think about it, D'Amico, Cush, Benardrick. Yeah. Now, D'Amico was not the biggest guy in the world. D'Amico was probably a good mix of Zach and Cush and BMAC. Cushion, he was, he was big enough, right. he was fast enough, and right. he always, almost always had the right angle. Exactly. Almost always. To be he known. was, not that Zach isn't, 
But D'Amico was such a cerebral player. Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed like he knew where the ball was going before it was even going there. And Zach looks a little rangier. Right. It might be a little faster. Uh, you're exactly right. Felt like D'Amico was more of a polished product when he got here. Mm-hmm. But I think D'Amico was a good fit for the time in which he played. Yeah. When teams were still running offenses, not quite the spread offense. It was kind of the verge of that, but he was he was a guy that could go sideline to sideline. I think D'Amico would have probably played pretty well on a spread too. But I was gonna say D'Amico in his prime could probably he could have played in anything really in most defenses. Yeah, but he was a guy that just was so good yeah. tracking ball carriers because he did it understood angles. He was fast enough, but Zach's lighter, faster, and 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 a tinge more explosive. But when he gets there, what I've been impressed with over the years that Zach's been here. What I've been impressed with is when he hits guys, they go backwards. Mm-hmm. And I worried about that. I really, really worried about whether that was going to be the case with him. But he has been a phenomenal player. I think he deserves Pro Bowl consideration. I don't know that he's going to get it, and I think that's a shame. But I think he deserves it. No questions asked. He's been phenomenal this year. He sure phenomenal. has. He was great the other night. Now, my cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. I'm going to go with the chalk. Because it, it leads into what we're going to talk about in just a little bit right. with the Patriots, but it's Will Fuller. Welcome back, Will Fuller. He he essentially missed four games. He started one of those, but he only played like he only got like one catch. You only played three Colts. plays. It was yeah. the third play of that game. Then he missed the next three, and he comes back. And what had we not seen in quite some time? Deep passes from Deshaun Watson comes yeah. back, and boom. A 50-something yarder to Will Fuller. And then the other one, a 40-some yarder. And then the two 30-yard-plus touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. Bang, 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 bang. They were all big plays. Huge plays. And they're there because Will Fuller makes defenses confused. What did we hear from Deshaun Watson in the postgame press conference? On one of the touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins, he said, I looked out there, and one of the corners or one of the safeties wasn't where he's supposed to be. Yeah. So we took advantage of that. Well, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, that that... It's the 140 yards in itself is cream of the crop worthy. Yep. But what he's doing as far as causing confusion, and that's not even to mention what he's going to do to help the run game by right. edging those safeties back a little bit towards the goalpost. I love, love, love that Will Fuller is back and he gets my cream of the crop. I think his presence on the field, you just hit it, changes a lot of things for a lot of people. Safeties now, and, and having played the safety position, I was always leery of guys that could run. I, I could. Because I, I couldn't run. I was not fast. But like D'Amico, I knew where the ball was going. I was smart. I could be a, a step ahead, and that helped me. But when there was a guy with speed out on the field, I I just instinctively backed up. I was supposed to be at 12. I would be at 13. Right. I was supposed to be at 14. I would be at 15 or maybe 16, yardage-wise, away from the ball. That that was just how I felt comfortable, and that's what's going to change. And if you, if you think back to the game-winning drive, What was the first play of the fourth quarter on that game-winning drive? It was Carlos Hyde's 33-yard run. Yeah. Well, does does Hyde get that if Fuller's not in? Exactly, and that's kind of the point. You got to back. You got to back off a little bit. Safeties aren't as quick to fill. Kenny Moore. Who knows where Kenny Moore is? Because he's the guy that a lot of times is playing inside somewhere that can find Hyde. So I kind of felt like they took advantage of that eventually, and were able to get that because they weren't really getting much going in the run game. Now they were trying to run wide. And that's just not against that defense. It's so quick going mm-hmm. wide. They just weren't able to have success against you gotta it. you got to pop it north-south. And that's what they did. The two biggest runs they had were 19-yarder by Duke and a 33-yarder by Carlos. The the high, uh, sorry, the high, sorry, Duke run 
was a zone run that he knew he was cutting that thing up. He knew right away. First three steps, you know, he did it in the first step. He was just like, forget this. And so he cut it back to the center. Carlos's run was an inside design run. And it was kind of a little bit of a delay, and the Colts got caught reading, and the line blocked it perfectly. And that just sprung him. But the safeties were having to account for Will and having to account for Hop. And I saw something in that game, Drew, that I've not seen. I remember after the Atlanta game, when Coach O'Brien was up the podium, and they asked him, why were you able to have such success with Will Fuller? And he said, well, the Falcons were tilting the field towards Full, uh, towards Hopkins, which his point being, they're double Hop, they're doubling Hop. Wherever Hop goes, they're giving help. So the safety's leaning that way. I saw it flip the other night. I saw a safety towards Fuller moving towards Fuller instead of moving towards Hopkins. you got two guys now on the field that demand two defenders. Absolutely. And beyond that, the Colts, and you you could see it on the second Hopkins touchdown, they felt like, yeah, our guy will cover him one-on-one. And he got roasted. Yeah. He got beat. Deshaun put it on him, and that's exactly where we want. And now defenses are going, okay, how do we do this? Now the Patriots are a different challenge because of Stephon Gilmore, and they feel like – and the Patriots no, 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 like, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold your horse. We're going to get to the we're Patriots gonna, in a little bit. We're going to get that. Okay. okay, we're going to get there. Let's wrap this up. Cream okay. of the crop goes to – Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham and Will Fuller. Those are your cream of the croppers, okay? The cream of the crop. And before we get into this Patriots matchup, John, I want to remind folks, post-game entertainment starts – with Redbox. Redbox has the newest movies fresh from the theater, starting at just $1.75 a night. And for just $3 a night, try the hottest video games for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Go to the box, favorite retailers, or stream new movies instantly on demand. Get together with family, friends, the crew, animals, dogs, whoever. Make it a movie night. Make tonight a Redbox sign. Okay, I said we had two reasons this time's going to be different. You and I share one of them. And that's about the guy we were just talking about. Yeah. The, ta- the, the Patriots have never seen Will Fuller and Deion, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson on the same field together. Right. They've seen Will Fuller when he was a rookie with Brock Osweiler. Right. And they've seen Deshaun Watson the last couple years. But they've never seen these two together. And Deshaun Watson has unlocked the Will Fuller key. This is going to be something for them to contend with. Because right. you just talked about doubling DeAndre Hopkins. You talked about doubling Will Fuller. And right. now... And I can maybe throw this in as our second one. But you also have to worry about stills. Kenny Stills sure. can can cause some damage. But the Patriots' defense is amazing. No one's taken that away. But have they dealt with the challenge that the Texans present with Fuller and Hopkins and Stills? When faced with a challenge earlier this year, the Ravens. The Ravens put 37 up on the board. And look, the Ravens are a juggernaut right now. I mean, they're in such a groove. Best Ravens team of all time. I'll I mean, it's it right now. It, yeah, better it's, than both Super Bowl champions. It's phenomenal. It, it's phenomenal. It would have been interesting to see what this offense, this Ravens offense, would have done against Ray Lewis's defense in twenty two thousand, because uh, that was an amazing group. That said, the, the thing, if if I'm the Patriots, this is your this is a decision. In the in the past, what they would do when they when they would face us is they would put their number one corner on our number two wide receiver because they didn't feel like their number one corner could handle Hopkins on an island one-on-one. So they would put the number one on, number one corner on the number two wide receiver, which was typically Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. They would put Malcolm on the number two wide receiver, and then they would double hop. When they brought on Gilmore, they started to change that a little bit. Then they said, Gilmore's got hop one-on-one, and then we'll – 
we'll play with the others. We'll figure out how we're going to play the others. We don't have to double anybody, but it was typically double 10, double 10. That's what they were going to do. And Belichick famously, that Thursday night game in 2016, he's on the sideline. He's going 10, 10, like cover one, double 10. And that's that was their – they've done that before with other receivers. You know, cover one, double 85 was Chad Johnson. Double 84 was Antonio Brown. Double 10 was doubling DeAndre Hopkins. And the thing about it is figuring out where the double comes from. Sometimes the safety – opposite safety is the one that would double. Sometimes it was the, the side that he was on was the double. You had to figure out who was going to double Hopkins. But now, which one gets doubled? If I'm the Patriots, I double Fuller, and because I have Stephon Gilmore, I take my chances that Gilmore can hang with Hopkins. Now, that's foolhardy because I don't know that I've seen a corner not named Jalen Ramsey that can go toe-to-toe with Hopkins and win significantly throughout a game. Mm-hmm. Now, How much po- of a notch below Ramsey is Gilmore in your eyes? Gilmore is – Gilmore's – the right way of saying this. There's book learning and street learning. Gilmore's book learning. Intelligent dude, um, but probably a little bit more by the book, whereas Ramsey's so darn athletic that his technique is probably not totally pristine, but Ramsey's longer and more athletic. And I'm curious how Hop, which one Hop would rather face. Would you rather face a guy that you know you probably could take advantage of some of the lack of technique, or would you rather face a guy that's got great technique, but he's not as good an athlete maybe as you or as Jalen Ramsey is. So, I don't know. Th- that's how I would, I would look at it. I think Stephon Gilmore is one heck of a player. But the decision for Belichick changes. And the thing about it for Belichick, what he'd always like to be able to do is spin the dial. Like, okay, we might put Gilmore on, Phil, on F- Fuller, which I think is foolhardy because Fuller right, run right by him the first time that happens. But he might do that. They may just leave Gilmore on one side and just say, who's on that side? Away you go. But they're good at all their corner positions. So they may feel like we might double Fuller, but then we'll let Hopkins go one-on-one on Gilmore. Maybe they'll uh, – they so can't, what do they do they can't double Stills? both. I, do well, exactly. Because the last time that Kenny Stills faced the Patriots, he went eight for 135 in a touch in that, in that famous Hail Mary-Stanford-Cal band game right. that they had. So um, – it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. But you bring up that point, and that is they're going to do whatever possible. I, I think they'll still try to limit Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I think they'll still try and limit Hopkins. Even though Fuller might be more dangerous down the field, I think they're not going to want us to have eight, nine, ten play drives, and that might mean more Hopkins, more intermediate stuff, more short stuff, more five- to eight-yard catches that move the chain. And they may they may they may want us to have to prove that going on the field, so they might give us a little bit more Hopkins, kind of take away Fuller. I don't know. It's going to be interesting you know, how if that's they approach a case, this. If that's a case, but either way, that leaves Stills pretty much all game one on one. And if they let the Texans do those long drives, that plays right into what the Texans have done so well mm-hmm. and been so effective at at their best this season. Right, like when you're at the Chiefs, when you when you beat the Jaguars, yeah, and you just chewed up clock, and you had some of those boa constrictor like drives where you just went. You know, a dozen, 13, 14 plays down the field. And scored touchdowns. And scored touchdowns, yeah. Right. So. And that's going to that's gonna be the key in this one. Yeah. Because the Patriots, when they have faced a a winning a team with a winning record, 
lately, take it all the way back to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, they scored 13 points against mm-hmm. the Rams. When they faced the Bills, they scored 16 points. Tom had a, had a terrible game. When they faced the Eagles, now the Eagles don't have a winning record right now, but against the Eagles, they had uh, 17, 17 points. Against the Cowboys. Now, Cowboys, the conditions are a totally different animal altogether. But they Cowboys played points. them tough. I mean, Cowboys But it was tough. the conditions, I think, changed some of the things they wanted to do. But I think, I think, and, and this goes to the other side of this. The, the, the flips, I, I could talk myself into both. Both both approaches. Like, hey, make the Texans go 8-10 play, play drives. Okay. Because that'll let them have the ball. But if you bog, you bog them down in the, in the uh, red zone, they'll kick field goals. All we got to do offensively is go down and score a couple touchdowns, and that's kind of what our offense can do at this point. The flip side is, no, no, we've been blitzing all year. We've been blitzing quarterbacks, and they've not been able to handle it, and our cover guys are so good, and it creates turnovers. That gives our offense more possessions, and they need it because they haven't been scoring. So we're going to roll the dice, play a bunch of man coverage, and see if they don't have any big plays. And – and challenge them to create big plays. And if they get them, we just get the ball back sooner. Our offense has the ball. And then they can replicate the 8-10 to 10 play drives that they're going to need to go down and score. So I can actually see it both ways. And Belichick will probably, I think, probably play both sides of it. Depending on how the game is going, how it starts, and then he'll he'll go to the sideline and say, hey, this is an explosive deep ball down the field kind of game. Or this is a between the hashes, pound it, they're going to try and run clock on you kind of game. He likes to figure out what kind of game it is, and then he coaches to that. Hopefully we can kind of change speeds on him, and he can't really get a read on what kind of game it is. And then that will create a few mistakes, hopefully, and then Texas can take advantage. All right. Good stuff as always. This has been an In the Lab.